are live on The Circle in downtown Indianapolis. Welcome into this week's show. I'm Pat Boylan. The Pacers are coming off of one of their otter games of the season of the last handful of seasons on Wednesday against Oklahoma City. And what I mean by that is the Pacers went through an entire NBA game without a player over six foot seven. They had all four of their bigs out. Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis were out due to injury. Goga Bataze got hurt on Monday and he was out too. And Jakar Sampson was suspended for one game for his flagrant two in Monday night's game. And because of that, the Pacers did not have a center available. So they went with O'Shea Brissett, who was on a 10-day contract up until that day. He signed a permanent deal with the Pacers for the rest of the season that morning. Said he had never played center in his life at six foot seven. He started the game and played 42 minutes at center going against a couple of Thunder bigs who were 7-2 and 6-11. And while the Pacers did struggle to rebound, they were minus nine there, the rebounding didn't keep them out of the game, in large part thanks to O'Shea Brissett, who had 12 rebounds. Malcolm Brogdon also did a lot of work in that regard. He had 15. And the Pacers beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. That was on Wednesday, 122 to 116. The Pacers then had off days on Thursday and Friday, significant because it's the last stretch until the playoffs where the Pacers would have two consecutive days without a game. They will go at least every other day for the rest of the season. The Pacers are 27 and 31 on the year. That's good for ninth place. It puts them in that play in tournament where seven plays eight, nine plays 10. The winner of seven, eight advances to the playoffs. The the loser of nine, 10 is eliminated. And then the nine, 10 winner takes on the seven, eight loser for that final playoff spot. So, There is a big difference between, say, being an eighth or ninth. If the Pacers get up to eighth, which they are a game and a half behind Charlotte, they would need to win one out of two games to make the playoffs. If they end up ninth, they have to win both games to make the playoffs, and at least one of those games would be on the road. So there's still plenty to play for in that regard. Indiana uh, right now is four games out of sixth place. That's where the Boston Celtics currently stand with 13 games to go in the season. So they still could move up. Right now, Chicago is the first team out of the play-in tournament. They're tied with Toronto, so both teams are there. Uh, And those teams are two and a half games behind the Pacers. So a little bit of cushion, uh, but not a ton of cushion, at least to make that play-in spot. The Pacers are a game and a half ahead of Washington, who sits in that 10th and final position. You're listening to Pacers Weekly. It's presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. The Pacers are about to undergo a back-to-back that starts tonight versus Detroit. 7 o'clock is the tip. 6.30 on the Kroger pregame show. That's right here where you're listening to this. 6.30 on Bally Sports with Jeremiah Johnson as well. But we'd love to have you in the building. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can purchase tickets for tonight's game. They are socially distant. You'll need to wear your mask throughout the entire game unless you're actively eating or drinking. But you can watch your Pacers in person this year. Again, Pacers.com slash tickets is how you do that. If you can't make it Saturday, a couple opportunities coming up next week, Tuesday and Thursday, the Pacers are home. And with interesting opponents in the building, on Tuesday they'll take on the Portland Trailblazers. And on Thursday... 
They'll take on the Brooklyn Nets, who currently sit atop the Eastern Conference standings. We have a great show coming up for you here this week. We will check in with Pacers head coach Nate Bjorkren. Eddie White goes around the house as well. We'll hear from O'Shea Brissett coming off that game on Wednesday. And he notched a career high in nearly every single significant statistical category. So O'Shea Brissett will be with us on this show. We will also hear from Mark Champion. He's the radio play-by-play announcer for the Pistons. That's who the Pacers take on tonight against Detroit. Jeremiah Johnson joins us too before we check out. But we'd love to hear from you as well. 317-239-1070. I'm at Pat Boylan Pacers on Twitter. When we return, it's the head coach, Nate Bjorkren, and the radio play-by-play announcer, Mark Boyle. They have a conversation next. This is Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. Almost every single week, Pacers head coach Nate Bjorkren joins Mark Boyle for a conversation on this show, and here's this week's discussion. Thank you, Pat. Some really interesting developments over the course of the last week. Notably, you were playing with a team that was A, shorthanded, and B, dramatically undersized. When you look back in the games earlier this week, how much of an impact did that have in terms of what you could or couldn't do from a strategic standpoint? Yeah, you know, there's only a, you know, a certain number of guys that, uh, you know, that uh, we had to play there with, uh, with some of the injuries that are going on right now. Um, and those guys that, that stepped into play, you know, they did one heck of a job. You know, we played O'Shea Brissett there at the five man and he's going up against a seven footer plus there. And, you know, all of us had to, had to really, our physicality, our, our blocking out, it was by committee, you know, team defense. Um, you know, we just tried to use our speed on offense, but there, there have been, there's been a number of guys step up and play well. You mentioned O'Shea Brissett playing center in that game, and he had said that he had never played center anywhere at any level. When you told him he was the five, what was his response? Man, he loved it. He just, he knows it's an opportunity for him to play. You know, he's trying to make his way through this league and he's done a great job of taking advantage of the opportunity that he's had so far. I mean, the other night, like you said, he played five for 42 minutes of that game. He played our, our center position and, and he did it well. He was a great screener, a great rebounder and moved the ball on offense. And that's what basketball is about. Since the uh, game that we've just referenced, Nate, you have signed a big man. We know him a little bit from the last two training camps. Uh, because of the injury issues, do you anticipate using Amita Brima right away? Possibly. You know, we'll have Jakar Sampson back. Um, so it'll be good to have Jakar back. So I'll use Jakar and O'Shea both at that center spot. Those guys will also play together, you know, with O'Shea and Jakar being at the 4-5. So there's a chance uh, that I may go to Amita. Um, If I do go to him, he'll be ready. As far as that's concerned, the rotations and the injuries and all of that, do you have any updates in terms of Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and so forth? Yeah, you know, today, um, you know, everybody was in the gym for practice. Um, Miles and Domas did not practice. Um, Miles has, you know, the toe, the toe issue and, and Domas with the back issue, but both of them are getting treatment. They both uh, were in the weight room, but they didn't do anything on court. You know, Goga's ankle is getting better. He was shooting on court, but he didn't, he didn't, ha- he wasn't a full participant in practice. Um, Jeremy Lamb's coming along a little bit. He may not be ready to play yet. 
Um, Doug McDermott is getting closer to being able to play with his ankle. And then, uh, you know, TJ Warren, it's good, uh, you know, having him in the training room and the weight room. And he's even able to, you know, do some form shooting without that boot on now. You know, we won't see TJ the rest of the year, but just wanted to, to try to include everybody on that injury report. We're to the point now in the season, Nate, where there are a limited number of games left and you're involved in a rather strident competition with a number of teams for positioning. It's obvious that you want to get at least a six if you can, so you can avoid the, uh, the one-and-done type tournament situation that now exists. Do you talk about that at all with the team? Is it just understood that we know what we're doing, we know how high we want to get if we can, or uh, is it referenced in any way at all when you talk to your team? Yeah, yeah, it's referenced once in a while. I think, you know, everybody's fully of, aware of, of the bunch of teams there in the East of being in a group. Um, but at the same time, the thing that we talk about most is, is staying ready and playing together and playing as hard as you can, and then everything takes care of itself. Anything else uh, come to mind when we talk about these last uh, three or so weeks of the season in terms of other than winning games, what you want to get done? Are you still focusing on certain things, or are you to the point now where all we care about is winning and we're not necessarily all that focused on anything else? Oh, no, there's there's tons of things to focus on, you know, always managing the team and and being there for your players and, and playing the right way. You know, there's a number of guys that are getting a chance to play right now that it, you're just constantly teaching and coaching. You know, some of these guys haven't been on the floor very much. So your, your player development, um, your teaching, your coaching can never go overlooked. It's It's constant in this job. Pacers coach Nate Bjorkman, kind enough to join us. He does so on a regular basis during the regular season, and we appreciate it. Tonight, the Pacers and Orlando, Indiana, getting closer and closer to that finish line, trying to improve their playoff positioning. I'm Mark Boyle. Let's go back to Pat Boyle. Mark and Nate, thank you. When we return on this show, we will hear from O'Shea Brissett, fresh off that game on Wednesday where he logged 42 minutes, most of them at the center position for a guy that a month ago wasn't on the Pacers has never played the center position in his career at any level. He stood in and helped the Pacers get a win on Wednesday. Hear from Brissett when we return. This is Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart. You're listening to Pacers Weekly. It's presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. O'Shea Brissett will likely get heavy minutes again tonight. The Pacers do get Jakar Sampson back from suspension but likely will not have Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis, and Goga Bataze appears to be a question mark as well. So perhaps more minutes at the center position are coming for O'Shea Brissett, who played 42 minutes there on Wednesday night. Here was Brissett after the game. It's been, it's been crazy. A lot of, you know, mental, mental preparation, honestly, from yesterday when I knew, you know, we were short, some guys, and then um, after realizing Jakar was, you know, that suspension, I was like, all right, you know, let me just really focus on rebounding and just um, helping the guys down low, setting great screens and just being that, you know, big that we that we needed. Um, so that was my main focus coming into the game. And, you know, I knew I was going to be able to score in different different ways, but uh, my main focus was definitely helping, you know, Malcolm and Karis get open and uh, just rebounding for them. Yeah, film, um, you know, we played uh, Moses and, and those guys in, in the bubble. So, you know, I kind of knew who he was and what he likes to do. Um, but you know, the way we play, we play a lot of five out and Domas and, and, uh, miles are, they're able to move around. So, um, you know, it wasn't really that hard for me to, to fit in with what, with what we were doing. 
it was just more on the defensive end that, you know, I have to really focus on being, you know, in my drops and uh, being in the right spots on rotations. Uh, you feel good, man. Me, me and Coach Nate have a great relationship. And, you know, I know the exact way that he wants me to play. And that's what I'm going to do every night. So when we have our guys back, it's going to be real scary because, you know, I feel like I could come in and, and do what I got to do um, in the right ways and, you know, help help our guys just just win games. Um, so, you know, I know there's, there's not going to be a full, you know, load on me that I got to really try to score and do all this other stuff. But, you know, I want to be the guy that comes in and gives a lot of energy and, and helps us win games. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, coach looks at me like that, but, you know, I'm staying, staying humble and knowing what I got to do. You know, my mom sent me, she's with my daughter right now. She sent me a video of her wearing a little Pacers shirt. Um, so, you know, I know they're watching and cheering and, you know, that's, that's amazing in itself. Um, and that's even aside from the game. Um, the game is just, you know, it hasn't even really sit in, you know, of what just happened, but, you know, I just gotta, just gotta keep going. I can't really, you know, dwell on one game. We have a whole bunch, whole bunch left and we got to, you know, make this little playoff run. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing for sure. Malcolm, just a few minutes ago, called you the late season signing of the year. And I'm wondering, as you join a team late in a season, it has to be challenging from a lot of levels. How would you describe what guys like Malcolm and the leaders of this team, how have they welcomed you in and how key has that been to you having success and feeling comfortable? That really starts from the first day, honestly. Um, first practice that we had, you know, these guys were, you know, really voicing where they need me to be and you know, talking through plays and all that stuff. And, you know, that just helps, you know, with a guy like me that, that really wants to come in and win and, you know, help everybody. Um, when those guys are really being, you know, outright and forward in, in what they want, it's, it's a lot easier. And, you know, those guys are real true professionals, man. They, they come in, they get their work done. And, you know, they, they, stay, they stay pros about it. So who am I to come in and not get the same effort? And that's, that's what really made it easy, just seeing them, seeing the way they work. Um, it really builds a culture for, you know, for a guy like me that comes in here and, you know, wants to prove myself. And it's easy. It's easy just coming here and getting shots up and lifting and you know, stuff I've been doing my whole life. So um, when we have guys that, like, that we have here that are real welcoming, it's, it makes it a lot that's O'Shea Brissett after the Pacers win on Wednesday. He will likely have a significant role again tonight as the Pacers take on the Detroit Pistons. 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 on the Kroger pregame show, 6.30 on Bally Sports as well. Jeremiah Johnson will be hosting that show before he does that. He'll check in with us here a little bit later on this show. When we return, we will hear from Eddie White. He goes around the house. That's coming up next. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart, where you can order food, treats, and more online with same-day delivery or try PetSmart's free curbside pickup if you'd like to be a part of this show. You can join us via the telephone at 317-239-1070. I'm at Pat Boylan Pacers. If you prefer Twitter, let's turn it now over to Eddie White. Thanks, Patrick. It is once again time to go around the house. And we're going a little bit outside the house, but not far away. We're going down to the Monument Circle, MS Communications, to catch up with a guy that you've heard this guy's voice for years and years. WIBC, the fan, he does everything. Big Joe Stasniak, welcome to Around the House on the Pacers on a beautiful Saturday morning. It's been 
I don't know, five, six, seven years or something since I've been back on. What happened? What happened to our friendship, Ed? Well, I, I kind of lost your number. <laughs> now, the, the reason I want to get you on is earlier in the week, you and I shared a pew. At a, at a nice little church up in Carmel. Uh, we're there for the funeral of your good friend, my good friend, and everybody's good friend, Bobby Slick Leonard. And I've known this for a while, but I don't know if Pacer fans who listen to the show religiously knew about this relationship. Here you are, a guy from Ohio. He's from Indiana. You're Ohio State. He's IU. You're a football guy. He's a basketball guy. But you guys had a friendship. Uh, he's much older than you, much older than me, but you guys had a very special friendship and, and it was important for you to, let me tell you how important it was. Joe Stasniak had a suit and a tie on for this. Joe, you had a special relationship with that man. I did. And very fortunate. Like a lot of folks, uh, he was, he was a father type figure, uh, for me. My dad passed away two, uh, two weeks after nine 11. And, uh, I, I didn't know. So I, obviously my mom and dad, I, I knew and, and had a great relationship with them, but I didn't know my grandparents. And I just knew that there were a wealth of knowledge. Um, the stories that they would tell life lessons that you could learn, all that kind of stuff. There's no better storyteller than slick. And you know what? It was, it was funny. I don't know how we ended up becoming fast friends, but I, I think it had something to do with Michael Grady and Grady and I having the show, uh, you know, on the fan from, from 10 to noon every day. And, you know, Grady was best friends with Nancy because Nancy would sit right behind him. He's doing the PA. And the next thing you know, we're like, Hey, let's get slick on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get slick on. And it just became one of those deals that uh, it was just sit around. It was it was must listen to radio, in my opinion. It was kind of like the fireside chats. It was old time radio. You just sit back, you tee it up for slick and let them go. And it just became a, a friendship from there and, and a love affair for, with this family. And, and it was so easy to belong to his family because he... He just wanted to make people smile. Yeah, this last couple of years, his health was failing, and of course we had the pandemic, but you were still there. You'd go over his house. You'd bring them food. I mean, you really were a supporter and a helper of both him and Nancy. Um, that, that comes right from the heart, Joe. Well, it's purely from selfish reasons, I can tell you that. Um, it was for what I got out of it, not for what I was able to do for them. Um, Slick, in in one of his rehab stints, was out there at Graham Park, and the Colts would have practice and training camp. You can go out to training camp, you know, a couple practices, whatever, and part of the job would take you out there. We'd broadcast out there, whatever, and, uh, you know, I'd tell my wife, it'll be a couple hours, you know. I'd go over for practice for about 10 minutes, and then I was over at the rehab hospital right next to it, sitting in a room with Slick. Now, if you didn't know Slick, and and Nancy will laugh at this, but Slick, a lot of times when he goes to sleep, he is a his mouth is wide open. I mean, it's like he's singing a song kind of a thing. And so I would go over to his room and I just duck my head in. And if his mouth was open, I knew he was sleeping. And uh, he and I used to tease him about the food he'd get there and how pretty the nurses were and things like that. And and uh, if his mouth was open, I just turn around, grab a piece of fruit out of the basket, go to practice, come back a half hour later, and at least one of those times he was he was wide awake and we'd just sit there and talk and. And just have a blast and but it was purely for selfish reasons it, it didn't matter how bad your day was it would get better 
just by just by being around the man. And he, and he would make you smile. He would make you laugh. And it was always about you. And boy, that's just something. If you could carry that forward, it, it you know we'd all we'd all live in a better world. Wait, Joe, I think I'm old enough to say they don't make them like that anymore. No, no, you know? absolutely not. And uh, like I said, I, I did not know my grandparents that well. I knew my grandma, my step grandma, a little bit more because uh, she lived a little bit longer. But I. I I kind of think mine were probably similar to that. I mean, just in the period in which they grew up and going through tough times and just appreciating the little things in life. And even though he's a big star and fame and fortune and all this kind of stuff, he had nothing to do with that. And I love genuine people. And you know, in our business, Ed, we're, we're around people that couldn't care anything more, couldn't care about anybody but themselves. It's all about money. It's all about stature. It's all about fame. It's a, it was never like that. And uh, the more you can stay around grounded people, like that the more you emulate those people and i guess that's it you know mark boyle said it best you know slicks slicks the man i could never be and to be around a guy like like slick and to hope that that would rub off on you i guess that was why i'd like to spend so much time with him yeah leave it this uh, here you're from ohio i'm from pennsylvania if him and nancy don't save this team Chances are you and I aren't here because the Colts probably don't come here and I don't come here. I mean, just think of how many, and there's thousands of people. What what the city would be if Bob and Nancy didn't save the team way back in the day? There's no pro football. There's no pro basketball. There's no NCAA tournaments. There's, you know, you're right. We're, we're probably living living in other places. Uh, so it, it's, it really is immeasurable what he and Nancy mean to the city, what they, they mean to, you know, Pacers fans and whatnot. And you know what? We can't do enough for for somebody that's given us so much so again i I think the only thing we can do and you know we were at the funeral we got to hear some really inspirational words but uh you know i I think it's just trying to emulate the way he lived and it's it's about everybody else it's not about you and when you can take that approach maybe we just leave this world a better place than we found it my friend on behalf of all the pacer fans listening that love that guy i want to thank you because i know nancy's told me you and mark boyle were so close to him and did so many things for him we thank you for helping our guy feel more comfort in those last couple of years and uh, leave me with one uh, Joe Stasniak Buffalo uh, learned Cleveland bred boom baby boom baby oh man I love that one how about that Patrick the great Joe Stasniak uh, you hear him every morning on 1070 the fan our flagship station around the house this one is for the slickster back to you Patrick all right Eddie and Joe thank you and was certainly uh, enjoyable to take a trip down memory lane with those two and slick and this is probably a good a time as any to point out the fact that if you're listening to this on Pacers Sound or if you're listening to it live, you can head over to Pacers Sound. Just search Pacers Sound or wherever you get your podcasts. Just Google it. Uh, Mark Boyle did a terrific, what ended up being, I think, about a 12-part series with Slick Leonard. Each episode is 20 to 30 minutes, and they begin with Slick in his early life in Terre Haute and complete uh, as a Pacers broadcaster. Those two recorded that about a year ago, and it is such um, a, a good ability to go back and listen to everything that was important to Slick, everything that made him who he was. His impact touched so many people and, and impacted so many different organizations and groups, and if you just go to Pacers sound or search boom baby a discussion with the hall of famer slick leonard you can listen to those podcasts that were recorded just a year ago and i think in hindsight ends up being such a good time capsule for the life 
and the legacy of the Hall of Famer Slick Leonard. It's Pacers and Pistons tonight at home. Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. The game starts at 7. We'll begin with the pregame show at 6.30. And so, too, will Jeremiah Johnson on the television side. When we come back, we will hear from Mark Champion. He's the radio play-by-play announcer for the Detroit Pistons. That is next. This is Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. The Pacers take on the Pistons tonight from downtown Indianapolis on the call from the Pistons perspective. He's a Hoosier. He's a Ball State graduate as well. The longtime play-by-play announcer for the Pistons is Mark Champion, and he joins us now. Mark, appreciate the time. You know, Detroit, I think, has had an interesting season because it's clear um, that there's a rebuild and that you're letting a lot of the young guys play. But while the record for the Pistons might be similar to those like Cleveland, Orlando, uh, Minnesota, Houston, it's been interesting uh, to me to watch this year play out because you only need to look at point differential, for example, uh, to see that the Pistons are playing in different types of games than many of these teams around them very often playing close games earlier in the year they were beating a lot of the top teams in the NBA Uh, what's been your perspective on this year for Detroit well I I think what we have seen for for the most part is that uh, these these guys play very hard Uh, they're they're youngsters so you know as you as you know we're a very young team Uh, recently we've been starting three rookies uh, so it's uh, and even our so-called veterans are you know 23, 24 years old. So uh, so they play hard because they know they have an opportunity here to grow. Uh, Dwayne Casey is a terrific coach in that respect. Uh, you know he did it in Toronto, uh, developing players like Siakam and Pirtle and, and others. Uh, so uh, I, you know they they've bought into what Dwayne Casey is saying. And so they just come out and they play extremely hard uh, each and every game. So it's an entertaining brand of basketball. I know the record. You look at the record and you go, what? Are you crazy? But if you if you watch us on a uh, on a regular basis, you'll agree it's it's entertaining. And and the losses come from inexperience. Guys will make turnovers in in clutch situations, uh, uh, you know, a miss shot here a bad shot there you know that sort of thing and then then the other thing now going on is is uh i i think we're seeing uh, just a more development of the younger players so recently mason Plumley and wayne ellington and even jeremy grant have been sitting out games uh, some by rest some by a little mix uh and taking advantage and, and keeping them out and starting the young fellows so we're you know down the stretch here with what 12 games left whatever we got uh you know i think we're seeing a little bit more of that so you know from game to game at this juncture we really never quite know who's going to play and who's not going to play well and to your earlier point pacers fans know that well the Pacers needed a late three from Karis LeVert at home a month or so ago to win that game. It was very competitive. A big reason why that has been the case, even though the wins aren't always there, most of the game's competitive mark is Jeremy Grant, and he's been, I don't know, maybe revelation is a little strong, but he's had a terrific season in his first year in Detroit. He's getting more opportunity uh, than he had in previous stops and taking advantage of it. Uh, what have you seen from him, and how has he been able to take what seems like a pretty significant step in his career in his first year? in Detroit well I think that's why he came he, he came for uh, 
a number of different reasons. Uh, number one, he came because of Dwayne Casey and, and because of uh, a relationship with, uh, with Troy Weaver. Uh, he liked uh, what they said. He liked uh, what they stand for. Uh, but he also saw an opportunity uh, where he could be, uh, you know, the number one player on the team. And, and, you know, that's not being, you know, he's not <clears throat> wanting the ball all the time. That's not, that's not what he's doing. But I think he's just showing that, hey, you know, I've got a lot in the arsenal here. And, and, and that's what we have seen. I, 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 I think he's probably starting to run a little low on fuel. I mean, he, he plays at 110% all the time and hits the floor uh, you know, Rick Mahorn and I count it all the time. You know, he, he hits the floor maybe eight to ten times a game, and uh, uh, we kind of worry about that a little bit. Even Dwayne Casey said he's a little concerned about the number of times that that, uh, that Jeremy hits the floor. But uh, but it's infectious because you know, as a veteran player, the young fellows see that, see what you got to do uh, to be a professional. And, and so we see that from, from the young guys diving on the floor and, uh, and trying to get fouls and this, that, and the other. So, but Jeremy's been terrific. He really is. And, and I think he's going to be a, uh, certainly a big piece going forward in, in restoring this team. And, um, you know, he's still relatively young too. I mean, that's, that's the thing about him. So, uh, yeah, he's, he, he's really been terrific. Mark Champion is with us. He's the radio play-by-play announcer for the Detroit Pistons. You've got a very young team. I want to ask you about another one of your veterans, though. Pacers fans know Corey Joseph well, and he was uh, acquired mid-season. He's played 14 games for the Pistons. Now, I know this is a tough question to ask because you don't have the normal access that you typically would, um, but do you think a guy like Corey Joseph is a, a needed veteran presence amongst such a young group, especially considering you know guys like Blake Griffin, for example, were bought out around the deadline has he been helpful in that regard yeah very much so Dwayne Casey's talked about that and uh yeah it is kind of unfortunate as you well know that we can't have the kind of access to to develop relationships where we would know that but the, the people who know Corey Joseph and you know Rick Mahorn knows him a little bit and, and Dwayne Casey obviously knows him very well uh, that he is first and foremost, and you may know this. I mean, he is a terrific person, uh, a great kid, and uh, that is. I mean, he's he's great in the locker room because he's a veteran. He knows he knows what it takes to win, uh, and and yes, they definitely needed uh, that type of person. Uh, yeah, you're restoring and, and you're going with young guys, but you still have to sprinkle in, you know, a Mason Plumley, a Wayne Ellington. Uh, and now a Corey Joseph, you got you got to have some of the Rodney McGrew. You got to have some of those guys uh, around to help the young fellows too. And Corey's been terrific. And of course, you know he and, and Dwayne Casey have a terrific relationship. And and Dwayne really wanted him. And when he became available, they they made it happen. Mark Champion is with us. Let's close by looking at the game tonight, Pacers and Pistons. Uh, we will begin with our coverage here at 6.30. For the Pacers, no Sabonis, no Turner. They've been dealing with significant injuries to their front court. We don't yet know on Bataze. He's questionable. From a Pistons perspective, what are your keys tonight? Well, no, it goes back to what I told you about not knowing. I mean, I, I checked last late last night, okay, who's available, who's not, and they really don't know at this point. And so uh, we'll we'll find out a little later this morning, I guess. Uh, you know who's going to play and who isn't going to play. Uh, we've had a day in between 
So that might be indicative that uh, the guys like Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley and such would play. Uh, Killian Hayes generally doesn't play in a back-to-back, so we're not into that situation. Uh, he played against San Antonio. So it just it's coming down to we just don't really know who's going to play and who isn't going to play. So that's I think that's basically a, a key to the game. And then the actual X's and O's key to the game tonight will be turnovers. It's been a major problem for the Pistons. They, they just can't turn the ball over, especially against Indiana, and let them get out and, and get points off turnovers. And then number two is points in the paint. We have uh, We give up. Uh, over 51 points a game in the paint, so that's going to be a factor, although that's mitigated a little bit because you're missing a number of your big men. The longtime play-by-play announcer on the radio side for the Detroit Pistons. He's Mark Champion. He's also a Hoosier, a Ball State Cardinal. In fact, when I was a student back there, Mark came down. Oh, Cardinals. Yes, Mark came down for a weekend and sat in on a broadcast with us, and uh, that was very impactful to me. And, Mark, I've always appreciated you and um, and everything that you do with the NBA and, and certainly uh, assisting Ball State and, and me back in those days. So uh, thanks so much for joining us here, and uh, look forward to uh, hearing your call tonight. Yeah, very much so. And uh, can I say a real quick thing? Uh, I had a chance, you know, Mark Boyd and I made that April Fool's Day switch a couple of years ago where I actually did uh, the third quarter of the Pacers game and he did the third quarter of for the Pistons broadcast. And I had a chance to work with Slick Leonard and with his passing, which uh, is so sad. Uh, I, I just want to say what an honor it was to have said I worked a quarter uh, with the legendary Slick Leonard, especially someone born and raised in Indiana. Uh, I just wanted to get that in there and just say how honored I was to work with him during that uh, that third quarter. Yeah, it's certainly been a tough couple of weeks. We appreciate uh, your thoughts and your perspectives and your memories there. This show has been, uh, in a lot of ways, the last couple of weeks dedicated to his life and his legacy. And you bring an interesting perspective there, so we certainly appreciate it. Mark, thank you, and have a good call tonight. Okay, Pat. Thanks a lot. That's Mark Champion. He's the radio play-by-play announcer for the Detroit Pistons. Jeremiah Johnson joins us a bit later in the show. 317-239-1070 is the number you can call in Chat Pacers Basketball. With us, I'm at Pat Boylan Pacers on Twitter. This show continues in a moment. Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart. Welcome back to Pacers Weekly presented by PetSmart. I'm Pat Boylan. If you miss any of this show, you can listen back in the podcast form. Just search Pacers Sound wherever you get your podcasts. This show, as well as the Sideline Guys podcast, gets uploaded there every single week. That's with Jeremiah Johnson and me every Wednesday. JJ will join us a little bit later in this show. Pacers and Pistons tonight, 7 o'clock, 6.30 on radio and on television. And then on a back-to-back, the Pacers will head to Orlando. They'll take on the Magic on Sunday night. That is an 8 o'clock tip. We begin, as always, on radio. They do on television as well. 30 minutes before every game. Then a few chances coming up to catch your Pacers in person, including tonight against the Pistons, next Tuesday and next Thursday against Portland and Brooklyn. Pacers.com slash tickets is how you can be there. The season is winding down for the Pacers, so only a handful of opportunities remain to catch the Pacers in person during the regular season. Also make sure you're visiting Pacers.com. Playoff ticket information will be available there when we know more and are able to share it. You can refresh your Pacers look by visiting PacersTeamStore.com. They have the new launch earned edition jerseys. These are the gold jerseys with the 
navy pinstripes, kind of a throwback to those late 90s, early 2000s uniforms. You can purchase those now. Also, a game day special is available every game day, so be on the lookout for that tonight. And as always, you will get free ground shipping when you spend $30 or more. While you are there, just click the Fever tab in the top left corner of the screen, and you can refresh your Fever look as well, including they have brand new jerseys out. The 2021 Fever Rebel jersey, which took the internet by storm when those jerseys were announced. Those are the Stranger Things themed uniforms. Those sold out in 22 minutes but you can go on the website and sign up to get notified when more arrive or you can purchase one of the other of the three uniforms that were recently released the fever season is tipping off very soon by the way the 14th of may we will have information out to you as it relates to uh, broadcast schedules and you can visit feverbasketball.com to learn more about tickets which will hopefully be available in the near future as well when we return jeremiah johnson will join us on this show he's got pacers pregame on valley sports at 6 30 tonight he joins us live coming up next this is pacers weekly presented by PetSmart. we are wrapping up pacers weekly here on The Circle in downtown Indianapolis. I'm Pat Boylan, Pacers and Pistons tonight. You can catch Jeremiah at 6.30 on Bally Sports. JJ joins us now. Let's go back to Wednesday, Oklahoma City. One of the, uh, I will just say it, probably the oddest game of the season, at least in, as it relates to who the Pacers had available and who the Thunder had available, but certainly a feel-good story as well for O'Shea Brissett, who plays 42 minutes. He plays his first center minutes of his basketball career. Uh, what was it like for you watching that game and ultimately getting to see uh, an unheralded guy shine in the spotlight? I think we always enjoy with sports seeing the unexpected, and so that was a game going into it you really did not know what would happen and what kind of lineups well you knew what kind of lineups the Pacers would throw out there because they only really had one option but you don't know over the course of a 48 minute game how having one player 6-7 everyone else 6-6 or under can fare now it did help we must probably put a qualifier out there that they were playing Oklahoma City that is a rebuilding team but that being said they were desperate for a win you know they were on a long losing streak they want to taste victory no matter what anybody says about lottery odds. And to see O'Shea Brissett go in there and fight with a seven foot two player in Moses Brown and to get 12 rebounds and to score 23 points and, and still not even force anything. I mean, he was eight for 16 from the field. And this is a guy that a month ago, if you'd have told me, uh, we're going to spend the first segment of Pacers Weekly talking about O'Shea <laughs> Brissett, I would have said, what? <laughs> so this is, it speaks to, the four Wayne Mad Ants and the developmental opportunities that guys are able to get. And really, I think the front office seeing an opportunity to bring on a player like this and then given the injury situation, the necessity to have him perform. And, you know, some of these guys, and you hear players say it all the time, I just need a chance and I just need an opportunity. And sometimes I think we can be guilty of saying, well, sure, but there is a reason you are who you are or you're not in the NBA. And, you know, if you really believe it and if you put in the hard work, then when you get the opportunity, you have to make the most of it. And I would say O'Shea Brissett did that and more. 
Tonight's game against Detroit won't be so extreme, very likely won't be so extreme, in that we will likely not see Brissett play 42 minutes at center. The Pacers are getting Jakar Sampson back, and Goga Bataze is listed as questionable. So if Bataze were available, it stands to reason that uh, Brissett could be back to his normal role, which is some spot minutes here or there, or uh, could play a very large role. That said, it still uh, stands to reason that the Pacers are going to be shorthanded in the front court here for the foreseeable future. Sabonis is out, and Turner is out to you what are the keys to the Pacers having success when they are so shorthanded in the front court well I think the one thing that we said on Wednesday night and it proved to be true is that when you don't have DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner and you're lacking maybe some of the spark off the bench with McDermott and Lamb now we might get those guys back tonight you have to have Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon have big games or at least you know 20 point type of performances without uh, you know, shooting inefficiently from the field. And so both of those guys did, you know, a really good job. And you just can't have either one of them, I don't think, have an off night when you don't have some of your regular players. And I think you mentioned that maybe O'Shea Brissett could play spot minutes if everyone was healthy. I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I think he – we'll see what happens over the next couple of games. And sometimes when there's film on a player, then teams start to figure out what they do and don't do well. And, and we're not expecting – um, you know, double doubles every night or, you know, 20 some points and 13 rebounds from O'Shea Brissett. But I think he might have earned a spot in the rotation. And the Pacers are at a point in the season where they're trying to develop some of their younger players, but they are also trying to win basketball games. And if you watch that game Wednesday, and we'll see what happens this weekend, because, it, you know, no, you at least know no Turner, no Sabonis. So you're going to have to get something important out of Brissett. If he has another big weekend and looks anything close to the way he did on Wednesday, I don't see him falling out of the rotation. Now, could that be at the expense of someone else? Possibly. But when everyone was healthy, this team was still in that you know ninth or tenth spot in the Eastern Conference. So at some point, maybe you try something different. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what Brissett does moving forward. And for this game specifically, pounce early is what I would say. I heard your interview um, a short time ago from the Detroit side of things, forcing turnovers, getting out and running. That's what they'll do best with a smaller lineup. You want to see them do that from the opening tip tonight. Yeah, and I think especially if Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott, I mean, those are big injury updates that we hopefully will have uh, later in the day, I think could go a long way to determine is Brice, how much is Brissett playing? Uh, is he in a starter's role? I think how much he plays and his role uh, still in a large way is very much up in the air but I do think you're right I do think he has earned minutes and I do think he'll play minutes regardless of who is healthy and uh, Nate Bjorkren even kind of alluded to that when you start to get guys healthy you still have to play those guys who have earned it and uh, at least so far O'Shea Brissett has certainly earned it let's turn our attention to this Pistons game um, tonight and maybe even from a bigger perspective the Orlando game on Sunday because they're similar from the fact that you've got teams that are younger that have fallen out of playoff contention um, but when you hear the, the term tank, A, I'm not saying those teams are doing that, but B, it's front offices who tank. Those players on the floor certainly have a lot to play for. And as we were talking um, with Mark, the Pistons have played in a lot more close games than you would think from a team with that record. So especially with the Pacers as shorthanded as they are with the season coming down the stretch, um, these ones could be interesting. And, and your point earlier is probably very good. It's important to have strong starts in these games and perhaps uh, try to put these teams away early. Yeah, to your point about the tanking, with the lottery odds changing, 
And this is not something that any player actually cares at all about. But I think that the Pistons have already done the work they need to be in a position to hope for success in the lottery where it doesn't matter a win here or a win there. So they just want to win basketball games. And looking at their schedule is interesting. When the season started, it it was crazy that they had wins against the Celtics and, and the Nets and the 76ers. But the last opponent they have beaten that is in the top nine of either conference, and that is where you would see the Pacers right now, was way back on February 14th, actually February 12th against the Celtics. So they've got some wins, but over the last couple of months of the season, they've only been doing it against the teams that are pretty much on the outside looking in. So I think that at home with two nights rest, even though you're shorthanded, this is a game the Pacers just have to go out and try to dominate from start to finish and then hope you can maybe actually get some rest in the second half of the game and, and you know, be better in shape for tomorrow night's game against the Magic. But every team around the Pacers, it seems like, is winning or at least trying to improve their positioning. So these are opportunities this weekend you cannot let slip away if you really want to try to improve your positioning. And, and I've said this on, a, on different shows and even on television. I think at this point, you just do whatever you can. Your, your goals are now you know seventh or eighth. You don't want to be on the, the back half of that playing tournament. You don't want to be ninth or tenth to have to win two games to just get – the eighth spot so whatever you can at this point to get into seventh or eighth if you could win you know most of the rest of your games and somehow jump up to six that's great but to do that i think you've got to win these games this weekend we've got about 30 seconds here let's preview tonight's broadcast on tv with you at 6 30 well as you started uh, my interview uh, it's always fun to have something different to talk about and so we enjoyed on wednesday making it the O'Shea Brissett show from start to finish almost, and we'll do that to start Pacers Live pregame and also touch on Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert and what they um, were able to accomplish against um, the Thunder on Wednesday. And then there's an afternoon game worth watching, Knicks and Raptors, and so both of those teams, one above, one below the Pacers in the standings. We'll show you some highlights and update the Eastern Conference standings tonight at 6.30. All right, J.J., thank you for joining us this morning, and have a good broadcast tonight. All right, thank you, Pat. Thanks to our producer, Eddie Garrison. I'm Pat Boylan. We'll talk to you next Saturday morning on Pacers Weekly, presented by PetSmart.